You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. Her name is Kayla Francis. She's a passionate soul purpose and empowerment coach that supports millennial women who are tired of feeling stuck in unfulfilling lives and careers. She helps women uncover and fulfill their sole purposes so that they can finally make a living doing what they love to do and wake up feeling on fire in their lives and careers. And I promise that people who are listening are literally in a place right now where they feel like their lives are on fire and they have no control. So I am so glad (laughs) that you're on this podcast to share like all these gold nuggets about how people can basically progress through those rough patches. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So for the listeners, can you kind of give background of what your story is? Like, did you go to college and then do the corporate job? Like, I know you're in transition right now, which is such an exciting time, which I would love if you can get into too. But can you kind of give us a whole background story? Yeah, so I was probably 16, I think, when I started college because I started in high school. Wow, Um, damn girl, go for, oh my God, wow, (laughs) good girl. Unfortunately, I feel like that was a a regret of mine right now, but I started in high school. And then by the time I graduated from high school, I was like, okay, what do I do now? Obviously I would continue college or just stop. And I thought the best course of action would be to continue college. Uh, So I went to college with no idea of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. I just knew I need to get this AA degree and then I need to go on to get my bachelor's degree. By the time I ended up into my four-year college to get my bachelor's degree, I had just chosen a major because they're like, okay, you have your AA, you need to choose a major so we can get you started on this path to get these certain credits. And so I was like, okay, I think I want to work in healthcare because they make money. I was totally motivated by money at that point. I was like, I just need a job by the time I graduate. So I thought about nursing and all those clinical jobs. And then I realized that I don't want to work with people that way as far as clinical work goes. So I did, uh, I got my bachelor's in health information and informatics because that's like the business side of healthcare. But by the time I was near graduation and studying for my credential exams, I realized, oh crap, I'm about to graduate and I don't want to do this. This is horrible. I was filled with so much anxiety and I'm like, I'm about to graduate. So I need to finish. I have a semester left. I passed both of my credential exams Ended up graduating, got an internship, then I got a job from that internship, and I was miserable the whole time. And that's when I realized, okay, yeah, corporate is not for me. I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I was super miserable. Yeah, I think a lot of people can totally relate. I mean, I was there not too long ago, and it's funny because literally two nights ago, someone called me who I know, and she's doing the corporate route, and she was like kind of in that place of like, just like, get me the fuck out. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I'm going crazy, like banging my head against the wall. I just want to almost like quit everything, get rid of everything. Like that's how done I am and just start over. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like what else can I do? So that's why I ended up at the job that I'm at now. I just stayed there for many years and I'm like, something has to change. So now how did the coaching come into play? Cause I know obviously like you're doing both right now and you're transitioning. How did you even get into coaching and how did you build a business to the point where you can now even consider that being a full-time job? Maybe not now, but like maybe in the next year or so. 
Yeah. So it's actually my own coach. It was a YouTube video that inspired me where someone was living the life that I want to live. I realized I was like, if he can do this, I can do this too. And I saw that other people were doing it as I was doing my research. And so I went on this huge search for, I need someone to help me live this life that I want to live. And so I started looking up a life purpose and careers that give you meaning and stuff like that. Cause I was so unhappy in my job. I'm like, there has to be more to life than this. And at that point, I wasn't really thinking about entrepreneurship. I just wanted to do something that I was happy to wake up every single day and not crying or being filled with so much anxiety in my car in the parking lot. Cause I didn't want to go into my job. Like that's a horrible life to live. So yeah, I went on this search and I ended up finding out that there are people called coaches that can help you do this type of thing. So I found my life purpose slash career now business coach. And then she helped me figure out what my life purpose was and then how I wanted to express it. And I decided that I wanted to express it via my career. So there's other ways of expressing your life purpose other than career. Like, and I mean, I know that sounds like kind of a stupid question, but right. I think a lot of people equate, oh, what I do 40 hours a week is completely what, what defines who I am as a person, but still, right. What are other ways that people can use that life purpose, quote unquote, route? Yeah. um, Yeah. That's not a stupid question at all, because I didn't know that either, that there were other ways. So you have your essence, which is mainly who you are and your values, motivations, and your inner purpose. And then your expression is how you choose to express that to the world. And so there's career, there's relationships, how you do your volunteer work. You can do it by hobbies, donating. Like, let me try to give you an example. Yeah. My purpose involves teaching and inspiring. So I don't have to turn that into a career. I can volunteer or I did tutoring before where I didn't get paid for that. So that's the way I'm expressing my purpose, but I didn't make a career out of it. I volunteered. And a way you can express your purpose through relationships is if something is really important to you and you value something, you can find that in another person. And then that's a way to express your purpose. Wow. That is so helpful. Damn. I wish I knew that. Cause like right here, I feel like there's a disconnect between everyone's like, oh, you need to find your purpose. And you're like, okay, well, what, you know, I have to be an entrepreneur. And then there are people who are like, well, that's not for me. Like, I don't really want to do that or run the show you know, I just want to have flexibility or like not cry myself to sleep every night, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, so, yeah. But that's kind of the reality I think we're in for a lot of people. Yeah. I think another great example is that I feel like another way that I can express my purpose is being a good daughter. So for my mom, I also help my mom with her business. And so every weekend I'm at the flea market helping her with her business. And that is another way that I express it. It's just, I feel like I was put on this earth to be that daughter that she's always wanted. Yeah, that's just another way. That's another way to express it through relationships. Wow. So freaking awesome. That's so awesome. Wow, you opened up so many like possibilities to me. Thank you. So now that we we cover like the basis of that, I also want to ask just because I know there are a lot of people who are looking for coaches. I feel like I'm always on a, on a pathway to find another coach. If it's not a business coach, it's a mindset coach. If it's not a mindset coach, it's like a relationship, whatever it is. How did you find your coach and Uh, Just looking up life purpose and career coach. I think I actually looked up career coaches first. And then I was like, these people are way too stuffy. I mean, it's not the people, it's just the job, the work that they did. They mainly focus on here. I'm going to help you with your resume, put you into a new job. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't want to just be put into a new job or get a pay raise or something like that. So when I ended up finding her website, I read through it and her story sounded a lot like mine. And I realized that she really incorporated the spiritual and purposeful side of 
finding the right career for you. And then she also has a separate program for people who want to start businesses and they want to express their purpose through business, starting a business. And so that's how I knew, yeah, this is the person I want to work with. That's so awesome that you're able to find her. The power of the internet, man. (laughs) It's like wild. So like, can you kind of give us a background or like behind the curtain, behind the scenes type of day in the life of Kayla, what it's like to manage work-life balance and also running a business is like, what are the great things about it? And what are the things that like make you want to bang your head against the wall? Yeah, it's definitely super overwhelming. There are so many times where I want to give up and just be like, screw this. I'll stick to just going to work every day and then I'll get my paycheck and just be done with it. But I found what's helped is having a schedule. I schedule myself so that way I'm including that my self-care practices in my day and then also making time to work on my business, also going to my full-time job. I help my mom with her business on the weekends. So I have a schedule and I know these days and these hours, I'm going to work on my business. And then those other times, I will not even touch my business or even look at it. So that way I'm not overwhelmed. And then also asking for support, because since I am still at my full-time job, I did ask them, you know, can I cut down my hours and leave work early, which they have been great about that. So I'm thankful that I've been able to do that. So now that you've kind of given us a glimpse of kind of the behind the scenes, how does it feel? What does it look like to be in transition? Um, (laughs) It's a lot. I have had to learn how to have patience and deal with failure. Since I am still working that full-time job, sometimes it's hard to realize that I need to step up as a businesswoman and an entrepreneurship because that's where I want to be full-time. And so some days I have to just step up as that CEO of my business and it can be hard, especially coming from work. And I know I told you earlier about we had a hack in our system, our system's been down and we are overwhelmed the increase of a workload. And so coming home from that, my energy is just, it's super low. I'm drained. And the last thing I want to think about is doing anything else. But because I'm so committed to fulfilling what I started and getting my message out to the world and incorporating what I value into my life and making this a full-time thing, I do make time for it. And so I have to, you know, sometimes I do things that I don't want to do because this is something that I'm super passionate about and I really want to do. And also making sure I do take that time for my self-care, not just working at work and then working on my business and then forgetting to take care of myself. And I realize that if I don't stick with my self-care, that there are some repercussions. So now that you touched on self-care, can you kind of expand upon what you do for self-care? Because I feel like I talk to different people and it means different things. So right society's view of self-care is like the bubble baths, eat the chocolate, the bottle of wine, but I'm finding more and more that a lot of people actually don't do that. They have like their own specific thing. So like, what's your secret sauce to overcoming the overwhelm and anxiety to be in that place of like recharge and rest? Yeah, I have a few things I do. So I'll go for walks and just be in nature. And that always fuels my tank. Watching TV, like just as simple as putting on the TV and not thinking about anything else. Meditation is huge for me and also writing in my journal. So that way I can get all of my thoughts out of my head. That's also very therapeutic. Yeah, you just get everything out. All that clutter just gets out of your head. Also, watching YouTube videos, that's also my favorite. (laughs) What's your favorite thing to watch? (laughs) Oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed to say what I've been watching right now, but I've been watching like a lot of YouTube drama. Um, Wait, what do you mean? Is that like almost like the Kardashians, (laughs) but like YouTube, like YouTubers? Well, yeah, I'm not really the Kardashian, not, not celebrity stuff, I'd say. It's more of just YouTube, YouTuber drama. 
Wow. Um, between different know. YouTubers that I watch. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. It seems like it's really entertaining. <laughs> it is. And I feel bad. I'm like, I shouldn't be being entertained by other people's drama and problems. But sometimes, you know, it's like a car crash. You don't want to look away. You just want to know what is going on and what's happening. Don't want to be missing out. <laughs> That's funny. So other than like, you know, merging from self-care, how do you know the difference? Like, I know when we were talking, you were talking about how there's a difference between like your heart and your mind when you're going through these rough patches or even making the difficult decisions in your business um, or deciding if, you know, it's time to binge the YouTube drama. Like, how do you find the difference between what your heart is saying and what your mind is saying? Because they are different, right? Oh, yeah, they're very different. Okay. So when it comes to heart versus mind, I like to look at it as intuition versus ego because our intuition really, it it makes it more, I guess, logical for people instead of just saying your heart for people who aren't, I guess, really in the spiritual realm. So as far as my intuition goes, I usually know when I hear that inner voice and it's the positive inner voice when I feel guided or just feel right. Things just go and flow and I feel relaxed, calm, and it's so much easier to make a decision. I don't have all that overthinking in my head. Usually I also get this like burst of excitement or I'll get this little voice in my head that says, okay, don't do this right now. And then as long as I follow my gut and listen to that voice, I usually feel fine. But if I start letting my mind slash ego take over, I'll start going into like this overthinking pattern and over-rationalizing things. And that's what your mind or ego does. It usually causes you to overthink things. It's not always bad, but it feeds on that like negativity or that fear because it's trying to protect your image. So that's how I usually know when it's my mind or when it's my intuition is my mind will make me rationalize everything and I'll have to think about everything logically. And I'll usually get a headache because I'm thinking so much, whereas my intuition just feels relaxed and calm. And I'm like, okay, I'm guided. I know this is my intuition talking to me. I mean, for people who are listening, who aren't as in tune with your inner voice and your, like your essence and like your purpose and all that, how can someone unravel the, you know, the squirrels in the head, the, the fear, the doubt, like how do they overcome those things? Like, do you have tangible, actionable steps that they can take as a takeaway from listening to this podcast right now? in regards to that? Or can you point anyone in the direction of someone who might be able to better explain that, like a guru or someone that you swear by who's an expert? Yeah, I can definitely give some tips as far as what I did and what I continue to do to develop my intuition. Most of the people who are probably listening to this are going to be so scared by what I say because it's hard for them to sit still. But really sitting in silence, sitting still, letting your mind relax, meditate, and just listening to what is happening in your head as you do this. Like we mentioned, journaling is really good. So taking out that journal and asking yourself some questions like, what do you want to tell me today? What's in my heart? What's going on today? And just free write. Just write whatever comes to your mind. Even if it sounds silly, just write it on the paper. And then when you read it over, you'll be able to decipher it afterwards. Also, I would say practice and play with your intuition. So if you ever get those insights or nudges that we usually ignore, don't ignore it. Just play with it. And when you get that nudge or you get that, like, I would explain it as I get a warm feeling. I don't know how to really explain it, but it's like this warm feeling I get whenever I know my intuition is talking to me. And so I'll just listen to it and I'll follow my gut. And then usually things will play out the way 
I expected to. And then also taking care of yourself mentally as well as physically, because it is easier to get in tune with yourself when you are physically well and mentally well and observe and trust your gut. So like I said before, practice and play. So observe any nudges you get. If you get this inner voice in your head that says something, just take a look around, you know, be observant of your surroundings and be open-minded. I found that I think most of my early 20s, between 22 and like maybe 25, 26, were like, it's all, as you say, like practice and play, right? It's like experiment, implement, experiment, implement. You're not going to figure it all out overnight, nor this year, or maybe in this, I don't even want to say this decade, but like really pisses me off when people are like, oh yeah, just do this one thing. And tomorrow you'll figure it all out and you'll know it. Like, it's like, it's an unraveling process and you unravel a ton of stuff. And then you also build at the same time. It's extremely painful. Yeah. That's why they call it developing your intuition. It's not going to happen overnight, especially if you're someone who's not used to that and listening to your inner voice. Most people ignore it. I know I've done it a lot where you'll just get, there's also, you know, women's intuition, which is really strong. There have been so many times where my intuition will warn me about things. And then after it happens, cause I didn't listen. So something will happen. I'm like, Oh my God, if I would have just listened, this wouldn't have happened. But you know, you have to learn lessons in life as well. That intuition, once you get it developed, it is so powerful. Yeah. It's almost like scary how like, (laughs) you're just like, oh, I guess I'm going to do that today. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you predominantly focus on women millennials, but can you kind of get into how one, whether they're a man or a woman finds their life purposes or their gifts? Is it like a series of questions? Is it again, going back to that inner voice, the intuition, the heart center, like what is your strategy that you use or someone can use to find those core pieces of what makes someone who they are basically, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say all of the above of that. There are so many different ways you can find your life purpose. And I pretty much incorporate all of the ways because, you know, people need different things and people's minds work differently. But the main important piece is no matter what you do, pay attention to the common themes that continue to come up. So like I said earlier, I realized that my life purpose was to teach and inspire. And that's because I noticed some common themes. So you can answer some questions. That will definitely help. Sitting down with a journal or talking to someone, just answering these questions and you'll notice your answers will probably be similar. Um, You want to find what makes you happy. I mean, that could probably be just the first step. What makes you happy? What are your values? What motivates you? So I learned back when I was in college and trying to find out what to major in, I knew that money motivated me. So even though I'm also motivated by making a big impact in this world, I know that I also want to make money doing so. And so since I'm honest about that, I've been able to find a way to make money doing what makes me happy which ultimately makes me happy. (laughs) Also your natural talents, which you're naturally good at is a good sign of what your purpose may be. So if you're someone who's like, I don't really have anything that I'm passionate about, or I don't know what I'm good at, then I would say go out and experiment. You really just have to go out there and take the action. So volunteer, try new things, join a club. There's a meetup that I'm on where there's so many different clubs and people who meet up to do things 
to help you figure out, okay, I enjoy this or I don't enjoy that. Like I like to use the example of if I would have never tried out playing the clarinet when I was in seventh grade, then I would have never known how much I love playing the clarinet. And by the time I got to high school, I was in the concert band, marching band, I was first chair. That's how I discovered what I was passionate about was trying it. And I realized, wow, I really like this. And then also you said earlier that uh, I think it was meditation you had mentioned to find your purpose. That's also a great one because you can set an intention before you get into your meditation, which also your intuition can help you with this as well, that you want you want your purpose to be revealed to you. And so if you're someone who enjoys meditating, I would say definitely use that as a tool to open up to what your purpose may be and see what comes up. I found too, what helped is kind of back to what you said about like not knowing what you're good at. Cause especially when you're twenties, like you're kind of beat up, like you think, right. You graduate and you're like, I have this degree that I just spent all this money on. And like, it's kind of a shitty feeling. And so like, how do you recover from that and still think so highly of yourself? I mean, we all have liquid courage, but still like, I just straight up asked people that I was comfortable with, Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out this next chapter in my life. I trust you. I find that you know me really well. Can you just like give me three things that I'm good at? Like anything personally, professionally, from a perspective of being a a daughter, a sister, a cousin, a friend, a coworker, like a neighbor, whatever it is. It was surprising to find that people recognize things that I didn't, I had no idea, absolutely no idea that I was good at, right? Because especially like the doubt that comes into our heads where we're like, oh, I'm just, I'm like an imposter, right? Imposter syndrome, like. I'm so full of it. Like, I actually don't know as much as I think I know. There are experts out there who are doing better. Like, it couldn't be me. And then you find through asking questions that, wow, this guy that I'm now working with, he told me I was a really good executor. And I was like, no, like, I procrastinate all the time. I love to sleep. I love to like scroll my phone in the morning. Like, I like to take breaks. And he's like, yeah, but you still get it done. I'm like, holy shit, I do. And it was like, again, like such a silly little thing, but I had no idea that that was the key component of what makes me me because I didn't ask. Yeah. It's easier to get that point of view that you can't see. Cause when you're so much in yourself and in your head, you're not going to see what other people see. So I think that's great to have other, ask other people, Hey, what am I good at? What are my strengths? Another example to add on to yours is when someone told me that I was very observant because I didn't realize how observant I was until someone pointed it out. And they're like, you know, I watch you, which was kind of creepy, but (laughs) it helped me in the end. (laughs) It's like, I watch you and I I see that you notice everything. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, I can see that you, you take in your surroundings, you take in what's going on around you and you can put two two and two together to make a story. And then you can figure things out. You can sit there and watch birds, which I didn't realize that was a talent, actually sitting down and watching birds for hours. Uh, Cause not everyone can do that. No, so. I like, I wish I could do that. I like, <laughs> I feel like I'm running 27 miles per minute. Like, like it's just never, it's just go, go, go. People, you know, so many people I've spoken to is like, there's beauty and slowness. And even what you said, like in stillness, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. But the fact that you can kind of be present and sit and watch the birds or go for a walk and not feel like you need to do something, or maybe you do, but you can still be there. Is it really, it's very impressive. I love it. I love watching birds. I could do it all day. They're really cute. Oh my God. They're so cute. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, 
I want to kind of step back a bit. You know, we're talking about purposes and gifts and all that. So you were talking about themes, like people finding themes in their lives and basically connecting the dots. How does someone even find that? And I know that's something that we kind of already talked about between the meditation and self-care and asking the questions and whatnot. But like, especially when I was looking back on my twenties until like the floodgates open now for me to have my podcast and my business, I thought that absolutely every step I took made no fucking sense. Like I thought I was kind of just jumping all over the place. I didn't realize that there was a pattern, right? You most likely don't realize there's a pattern until like way far in the future where you can do some serious reflection. But like, how do you even find the themes in your life right now? If you're not like 10 years, you know, especially the people in their their twenties, like you only have 20 years that you can reflect on. So how do you find those themes to make a connection? Yeah. So like we were talking about the questions earlier. So if you're answering these series of questions and you're starting to see that the answers are very similar, like I like to, I was a math tutor in high school and college. Then when I got to college, I got a job as a student assistant because I liked working around college students. Um, And then right now I want to work with millennials. So I keep being gravitated to certain things. Pay attention to what you keep being gravitated towards. What do you find yourself continuing to do? And you're like, oh, wow, I actually enjoy this. If you're someone who continues to, you like to play sports, let's say, and then you find yourself volunteering for a sports team, or you have someone call you up and say, hey, um, I want to start this sports club. Do you think you can help me coach it? That may be a sign like, oh, wow, this is something else from the universe letting me know that I really enjoy sports and being around that environment. So what do you find yourself continue to be gravitated towards? And what have you helped other people with? What do people come to you and they're like, hey, can you help me with this? Or, you know, asking you to do things and what goals keep coming up for you as well. So really take in all of these experiences through your life and put them together and you'll realize that you're gravitating towards a certain theme. Also, if you have any negative experiences or bad things that may have happened in your life, that could also, the lesson that you've gotten from that could also be included in the theme. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. I, I mean, that's a silver lining in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got something out of it, even though it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Usually bad things will have, there's usually some positive that comes out of it, a lesson learned. What's the case then for someone who didn't learn the lesson and maybe they have to is it that they go through the same thing again? And yeah, it's like- I was going to say, you'll probably experience it again until you learn the lesson. I was actually just learning about, I think it was a couple of months ago, soul contracts. So I don't know if you ever heard of soul contracts. But no, but it almost you know- sounds like signing the deal with the <laughs> devil. Like, <laughs> please go into detail. Oh, no. when you like- <laughs> okay, so definitely don't think about it as signing a deal with the devil, but it's the, the theory behind it is that we come onto earth as a different soul and we're here to learn lessons and we'll run into people who we've signed a soul contract with, and they're supposed to help us learn these lessons. And I actually ended up finding out this information when I was going through like a traumatic experience. And I'm like, I just couldn't deal. I was like, why am I dealing with this? What is happening? And so I ended up down this rabbit hole and that's how I found out about soul contracts. And I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. This is why I needed this horrible thing to happen because I needed to learn this lesson. And then I realized that I was running into this problem over and over and over. I was attracting the same type of person over and over. Once it clicked, I'll just say it dealt with a relationship. I kept running into the same type of guy until it clicked to me that I had a lesson that needed to be learned. And so once I learned that lesson, I went through this healing that got rid of you know, the past drama or 
chaos that I was used to attracting and wanting to be worked up into. And I ended up meeting this amazing man who like is completely different than what I'm used to. And then I realized, oh my God, this like soul contract stuff. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, exactly a soul contract thing, but I like to believe it is because, you know, I, it just makes me feel good. This makes a lot of sense. Like I was meant to learn this lesson and that's why it kept happening over and over again because I wasn't learning it. So I think that if you're not, you don't learn your lesson, you'll probably run into the same problem over and over, which makes sense. If if you don't mind me asking, what did you use as a way of like healing the trauma or like, especially with women in relationships, I know they can relate where they like date the same. It's either like the asshole or like the guy who's like semi-interested. I'm sure men, it's the same thing, right? They want to date the hot chick who's like, my boyfriend likes to call them dodo birds who are like hot, but they like don't have brains. Like, or you have someone who's like, you know, whatever the scenario is, like maybe you have like an amazing girl, but her family's crazy or like whatever the situation is. How does someone even get from a place where they can understand the lesson fully? Like, right. You know, it's bad, but you're not leaving it. You're not learning from it. You're not moving on. So how do you even do that? I think awareness is the first step. I knew the feelings were bad and I'm like, this isn't good for me, but it'll be okay. You know, everything will just work out. It'll be okay. But being aware that no, it's not going to be okay and nothing's going to change. And I tend to attract the same type of person over and over that helped me because that way I was able to seek out the support. So for me, I love to read articles. So I looked up some articles to find help. I also have a therapist that I worked with who was amazing. And she helped me as far as the trauma went. And then also taking time to myself. So instead of just jumping into a new thing super fast, I took time just for myself and to figure out myself again, because I did lose myself um, while I was going through all of that. And I was very disconnected. So I had to just take a moment to be like, okay, Kayla, you have this and this going on, you need to get back to who you were and get back to working on your goals because you cannot let the situation ruin you or take you off your path. Yeah, it's super important to not only just take time for yourself, but seek out support. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed to be like, I need help and I need someone to guide me right now because you can't answer everything. You won't always have the, well, you can have the answers, but you need someone to point them out to you. Yeah, ask the Um, right questions. Yeah. Totally agree. I also really can resonate with like taking time for yourself. I feel like I, I dated, but like it never worked out. And I was kind of like half committed because I like was really focused on my goals and I didn't want to like intertwine the two before finding myself again. I feel like for like three years, I like didn't really date. And it was amazing because I found who I was as a result. And I'm sure he probably had the same thing of like, for whatever reason, silence, I know you said it before, silence is like key when finding your purpose and everything else, but it's the same thing with like finding who you are. And like, like, I feel like in relationships, especially with women, we make our relationship define who we are and you become like an entity, almost like the relationship, that dynamic is what makes you who you are versus you, the individual, like you lose your individualism when you're in a relationship. Like if you don't find yourself beforehand, definitely. so, you know, I applaud you for doing the work. It's, it's not easy it's not easy. And a lot of people will do the same recurring patterns of like dating the shitty person, you know, and there's also people have so much shit going on themselves. You have like, you know, addictions, you have drama, you issues with work. I mean, you build on top of a crackling foundation. It's not going to end well. And it's not, you have to be prepared for, you are going to cry a lot. You're going to be angry. You're going to go through when you're leaving a relationship or you're leaving anything behind, you will go through the stages of grief. And so just be prepared for that and realize that it is just a part of the human experience. So don't beat yourself up and have some self-compassion. 
Yeah, no, it is. I think also societally, especially men, it's like almost slap on the wrist if you get emotional and that's bullshit because it's human and it's normal. And it actually feels so much better once you like, if you give yourself permission to do it, you do it. And then you realize you can get over it. And it's like, great. (laughs) It's actually really great. It just, you know, you got to nurse it a little bit. So with all this being said, and like talking about finding who you are, how does someone embrace like who they are, you know, their authenticity, like all of those things. And maybe, especially when you talk about introverts and extroverts, right? Because I would say I identify mostly as an extrovert. I have introvert tendencies, but for me, it's easier for me to inject myself in a room and like be crazy and authentic and like all my weirdness. But like for people who are introverted, how can you explain how someone can embrace that either easier or in a way that resonates with them? Yeah. So first thing is you have to realize that you are introverted (laughs) because I feel like some people don't even know. Actually, I know that some people don't even know the difference between introverted or extroverted. And so you want to realize if you're introverted or not, you'll start to feel, I guess, like an outcast. I've always felt like an outcast different because we're in this world that's not really built for us. And so you want to recognize your strengths. And then once you recognize your strengths, leverage those strengths, use them to your best ability. And I promise that you will love who you are once you really tune into, oh, wow, I can do this. And then you, your confidence will increase so much. Figuring out what makes you you. So not just focusing on your personality, but as everything that I was talking about earlier, like your values, motivations, um, what makes you happy, all those things will help you figure out what makes you you. And so you're not so focused on, oh my God, I'm an introvert, so I can't go to this thing or I can't do that. You won't be so limited because introverts can do anything we want to do. We just have to, um, I know for me, rituals help. So let's say I have this, like even doing this podcast, doing this podcast, it takes a lot of energy. And so for an introverted person, I have to prepare by relaxing beforehand, making sure I don't do anything. So I told you earlier that I did some breathing exercises. I'll do like a short meditation just to get myself ready for this because talking, which probably sounds silly to an extroverted person, but talking like this is so exhausting and draining. And I know after this, I'm going to have to have a post podcast ritual (laughs) where I relax. Yeah, I know it sounds so silly, but I have to do these things or I will feel like, oh my God, like just so drained and like everything is out of me. So I'm not going to do anything business related after this podcast. Um, So I would say having those rituals in place, what are your pre-rituals? Should you take a nice hot bath? Maybe watching a YouTube video will help you relax. Uh, Just anything, read a book, anything that will help you before and then after. So if you have an event that you're going to or something that you know drains you, what is your post ritual, your post event ritual, which could also be taking a hot bath? You know, it's different for everyone. So you have to figure out what that is for you. And then also setting boundaries. So knowing when to say no, if you don't want to do something, then don't do it. You know, don't force yourself to do something that makes you uncomfortable. But if you do want to do something, but you feel like your personality is holding you back, then I would say at least try it try it for once. And then if you don't like it, don't do it again. And if you do like it, you realize, wow, this wasn't so bad, which is what I've had to do. Podcasts, super scary for me. But once I started doing it, I'm like, this is how I discovered another passion was I just started doing it. Like I became guest on podcasts and I realized I actually really like doing this and this helps a lot. And then one more thing is that doing things that are introvert friendly, So small groups, instead of hanging out with a big group, which can be super overwhelming, hanging out with smaller group of people 
will bring out your authentic self more. You'll be more comfortable. One-on-ones, like me talking here with Gabby right now, this is perfect for me. I just, I feel comfortable. I'm talking with her just one-on-one. Even though this podcast is going to go to a lot of people, I feel very comfortable right now. I don't feel as nervous as I would talking to a huge group. And so it's really just all of those things that will help you really bring out your brighter self, your highest self. I'm glad that you touched on all this because when you think about something that makes you uncomfortable, I think the immediate response is like, ooh, this isn't for me. So how do you determine or how should you differentiate between what's not meant for you and what is just your introvertedness kind of like hindering you from taking this step? Like, is that a heart-mind thing? Is it just practice over time? I would say it is practice over time. I know like a lot of people are not going to want to hear this, but you have to take the action. You have to do something in order to realize if it's really for you or not, because otherwise you'll just be sitting there and you'll never know and you'll always be scared. So I think doing these podcasts is a great example because I'm sure there are other introverted or shy people out there who want to get out there. They want to get their message out there and talk to other people, but they're too scared. And so use me as an example. I was very, very shy when I was little and I overcame my shyness by putting myself out there. By the time I got to college, I was a student assistant. And what we had to do is we worked events and I had to be in front of large groups of people. At the flea market every weekend, I'm encountering so many people and I've made so many connections because I've, I just went out there and did it. And then I realized, oh, this isn't so bad. I can talk to people. This is fine. And my personality has blossomed so much because I just, I just did it. I took the action. So if you take action and then you realize, okay, I did this and I hate it, then it probably wasn't for you. And just don't do it again. Don't force yourself to do something that you hate. But if you take the action and you're like, it's not so bad and I really enjoy this and you discover something that makes your heart smile, then that's a great thing. And that's like, it'll give you your confidence boost. Like, oh, okay, I can do things. And then it'll inspire you to start doing other things. Yeah, I think that's great. I can totally relate to the jumping into things that Honestly, the things that scare you the most are like where the growth and the gold lies, because I yes. find that the more mm-hmm. I do things like, okay, it sounds ridiculous, but a couple of weeks ago, or maybe, maybe two months ago at this point, wow. My friend was like, oh, I want to go to a pole dancing class. And I was like, <laughs> hell no, I am not doing that. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it looks like fun, but like, I know. And of course, naturally I'm like, damn it, I got to do it. Cause I'm like, really, you know, I'm really not into it. I'm really fighting it. And honestly, it was so much fucking fun. I had so much fun. I work out regularly and I was sore for seven days. I have not been that sore since I don't remember. Like last time I ran a half marathon, like that's the equivalent to how sore I was. And it was like, I want to go again, which like says, right. A lot. I wouldn't have known had I not tried it. It's not like my absolute favorite, favorite thing, but I still think it was fun. And it's something that I might keep in my toolbox when I want to try something bold or get a good workout in or whatever it is. But I never would have known if I didn't try it. Yeah. Life is all about experimenting. So get out there and try something and it's not going to hurt. I mean, unless you do something that obviously can physically hurt you, then it's not going to hurt you um, to try something. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not mix drugs and alcohol, but like, you know, don't do anything crazy. Just (laughs) be... (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, everything that we talked about has been like, there's so many nuggets of gold and everything that you've said, but one of the things that I like to ask my guests before we wrap up is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I always get emotional when I think about my younger self. I don't even know how to explain my younger self, but I would just tell her, just go with the flow. Don't be so serious about everything. I'm still a very reserved person, but I'm more open-minded and I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be. I have more compassion for myself. I don't beat myself up over regrets. And now I realize that it's okay. Like everything's going to be okay. And I would tell her that you are going to face hardships. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to run into so many roadblocks and obstacles. You're going to feel like giving up. You're going to deal with depression. You're going to run into so many boys that are going to break your heart, but it will be okay. And everything is going to happen for a reason. Everything is for an experience. And we're all on this journey, this life journey together, and we're just trying to make it. So most importantly, just listen to your gut go with the flow and just trust yourself, trust your intuition and she will never stir you wrong. Yeah. I love all that. I likewise was very serious, but I can only imagine for you as someone who like you evolved so, so quickly and during a painful, like teenage years are painful to begin with. So to be doing that and going to college and like, you know, doing everything quicker than most people, I can only imagine like how much you had to grow up so quickly and that's painful and hard. Yeah, it's um it's not easy being an old soul. <laughs> you always feel so I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. You yeah. don't feel like you fit in anywhere and then you don't have people that understand what you're going through. You only have older people. I've always hung out with adults even as a child because I never had I'm not and I'm an only child, so I grew up with adults all around me and you know, but I'm I don't regret. I had a great childhood, so I'm not going to, you know, say any bad things about my childhood. I'll just just relax. Just don't be so reserved. Don't be so hard on yourself and everything's going to work out the way you want it to. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for being on. I think everything that we covered is going to be really, really helpful for people. Yeah. And I really appreciate us connecting. I think this is going to be a really great partnership moving forward. Yeah. And thank you so much again for having me. It's a great conversation. Of course. Thanks. Thanks.